Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwiches. Hello dear listeners, welcome to another edition of Achtung Mill, a midsummer time edition, as Eddie Cochran once sang, um, there ain't no cure for the summertime blues, and I think that's where I'm finding myself, how about yourselves dear listeners, are you bored yet, with the uh, the endless days until the start of the football season, so any road, I find myself sat outside uh, the mothership outside the den. I'm actually parked straight outside the the club shop. It's a beautiful Sunday, uh, very early afternoon. We've just gone twelve o'clock, and one of my uh, most popular episodes that I've done was the occasion where I did a a walk, a personal walk, really, from the New Cross Station to the site of the old den. I did it a couple of years ago now. Um, and it's always proven to be a very popular walk. I did another one after that with uh, Andrew, who does wall art on Twitter, walking from his uh, childhood home uh, through the Ilderton Road end of the old den. Um, so I thought it might be nice, just as an experiment, sound of passing cars on Zampa Road here, listeners, to um, do something similar. I'm going to um, walk, or more properly, I'm going to drive it. It's only a short, uh, short walk. I'm going to sit in the car and um, feign that I've walked it. I haven't really. It's going to be uh, me in the car. Um, but I thought it might be nice just to explore the route from uh, the site of the current stadium, uh, the new den, as it, as it was known when it was built in 1992 to 1993. And we're just going to follow the very short distance to the site of the old den, um, basically going left onto Ilderton Road, left onto Surrey Canal Road and down through uh, Mercury Way onto Colborough Lane and through the uh, nondescript estate that was constructed on the site of the old ground. Um, whether this will work or not, I don't know. don't know. Part of the uh, joy of doing podcasting, in my opinion, is you try new things, you try different things. But a, slightly insp- or a couple of inspirations to this. I saw a photograph on, on Twitter of, uh, I, th- I think it was a real photograph, I don't think it was constructed, of the New Den being built in 19, you know, 1993, um, it must have been taken from um, a high point uh, taking in Colblow Lane with the new den um, beyond, so both stadiums in the same shot. Um, so there was that. And then I was also looking on the net, I found a wonderful website called Bermondsey Boy, um, stacked full of 
fascinating information, dear listeners. But part of the um, part of the inspiration for this was a, a posting that I saw on there on Stockholm Road, stroke Erlam Road, E R L A M, which um, is the former site of where we the houses that were on the site where we built a new stadium in 1992. Um, just reading the post here, they've got some photographs, some fascinating photographs of Earlham Road, Senegal Road, which does still exist, um, more in name than, you know, uh, real presence. That's, a, that's a, a turning off of Surrey Canal Road, which we'll, we'll go past shortly. But this is this chap has posted regarding Earlham Road um, Stockholm Road and um, Zampa Road. Uh, so he says Earlham Road ran behind between Senegal Road and Haydock Road, all of which now lie under Mills Pitch. And the south stand at the den, which would be the, the Coblow Lane end as we would know it, was known as Mud Island. Um, I do remember something in one of Danny Baker's biographies um, talking about the area around here as being Mud Island. I think the ground must have been particularly boggy. Um, this chap here adds that uh, Senegal Road, which is um, off of Surrey Canal, um, was once also known as Senegal Way. He's got some photographs here, and these were your traditional kind of local back-to-back Victorian houses, um, all of which took heavy damage in the Second World War, in the Blitzkrieg in 41, 1940, um, which left the area somewhat, somewhat scarred, he says never having experienced anything like it himself. Um, my own family um, were bombed out of Verney Road, which obviously is at the junction of uh, Zampa Road and Ilderton Road. So nowadays, um, Verney Road um, is unrecognisable from the past. I think only the school and maybe the um, uh, the, 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 the pub over there, um, well, no longer, a pub, no longer a pub, is now being turned into, a, into flats, isn't it? Um, that would be the only thing that would, remains from the past. Um, but certainly the houses here in Earlham Road, Senegal Road, were your traditional Victorian um, terraced houses. Um, these houses were eventually demolished and replaced by prefabs. There's something for the younger generation to pick up on prefabricated housing, which was brought in as a means of rehousing people at the end of the Second World War. Much damage, obviously, across London and the other major cities of, of our country. Um, in the late 1960s, the poster writes, the prefabs and the houses in the surrounding streets of Haydock, Senegal and Earlham Roads were demolished, giving way to Senegal Fields. So it's just an open patch of ground, really, um, which has now become the new den, as he puts it. Um, apparently, a, re- a poster replies that the part, this part of Stockholm Road, which is over by the bridge on Stockholm, I don't know if on match day you come in that way, it's, it's kind of semi-industrial now. I think there's a big church that uses um, one of the old warehouse space is over there but there's a nice cream factory there back in the day it was called a vita cream vita cream factory um, opened in 1929 um, it made cream they say ice cream but this this advert they posted here only speaks of cream for the bakery trade so i'm going to guess that's the kind of cream they used to stick in um, fancy cakes at your local baker's like those old ones with the um used to call them cheesecakes they weren't cheesecakes they're bits of like coconut strips on there but that was located on stockholm road 1954 the vita cream factory and below that is another advert for um a completely different industry tar macadam tar paving asphalt artificial stone acw hobman and co um at cliftonville which i'm gonna guess is where the cliftonville tavern was 
prior to its um, unfortunate demise in 2000-ish, after the, uh, the riot, the post-Birmingham riot, of course. But this advert is uh, dated the London Advertiser 1909, ACW Hobman Tar Paving, Tarmac Adam Asphalt. Um, industrial um, work generally, this was an industrial area, and obviously the housing here catered both for the docks, but also the huge amount of industry that um, was located, you get no sense of that at all now. You, you see kind of um, what I would term light industry, motor trades and delivery, you know, toing and throwing kind of um, setups, but nothing in the sense of the heavy industry and factories that once populated the area. Um, it was interesting, I've just driven through the, the uh, Rotherhive Tunnel to come down here today, and I must have passed about three or four people with there was an Ajax shirt, there was a, a Barcelona shirt, someone else had um, a foreign side, I couldn't tell you who it was, it looked like a German kind of, you know, football shirt on. This, this area has changed so dramatically, it's, it's very hard to, to get that across. But this, you do get a sense of it reading these, these pieces here. Um, Earlham Road, another repost of replies, which is now lost, yes, because that's in the middle of the pitch, roughly where the centre circle is stands. There's a picture there of, of a kind of a, um, a, a church that was located. I'm also indebted to Phil Clark, who also has picked up the fact that there was a church, St Mary's Mission Church, South Bermondsey, um, located roughly where the centre circle of the stadium was. St Mary's Church once stood there, all derelict post, um, post Second World War. Um, but the, the church looked moderately spectacular on the inside it's got like a, a vaulted ceiling with the the altar underneath it um photos of uh choir uh, kids for the choir and whatnot um all pre second world war october the 12th 1912 so pre first world war these photos that i'm looking at um phil as i say did some research which he forwarded on to me kindly regarding saint mary's church um, which um, apparently is uh, listed in, in a book by a chap called Michael Yelton, Twelve Lost Churches of London, Empty Tabernacles. Um, the, uh, there was a Reverend Fenton, but no relation to Benny, <laughs> which would be, as Phil says here, yeah, a very odd turn of events. But the pictures that Phil found obviously had the same um, high-vaulted um, altar roof, um, which I will stick online. But also a more 1963, a much more lonely looking St Mary's Church, now surrounded largely by derelict land and um, rubble and, and whatnot. The area really did take a pound in my own family, were bombed out of Verney Road, finished up living in uh, Downham in Kent during the course of the Second World War. And I bet your family too, dear listener, if you're a local, you would also have felt the the brunt of um, Adolf Hitler's Blitzkrieg um, certainly affected the area around here. So there we are. Once upon a time, Zampa Road, Earlham Road, Haydock Road, Stockholm Road still exists, but much, much changed. So we're going to um, take off now. We're going to go along the Surrey Canal Road and pause somewhere around Mercury, Mercury Way, wherever I can find a little hidey hole. So I'll um, be back very, very shortly, dear listeners. Just going to go under the railway arch on Zampa Road with the iconic image of Neil Harris on the left side. It was repainted, of course, because there was an original graffiti um, version of the image of Neil Harris with his arms raised in, uh, I think it was in one of the games against Leeds where he scored. 
Um, it's been redone by British Rail with the Millwall FC lion, leaping lion on the opposite wall. Um, prior to Neil Harris being there, of course, there was um, another iconic piece of graffiti there, which was um, put in 1995 when Harry Cripps passed away. Harry Cripps, God bless, I've got a photo of that and I will stick that on online. It's, it's been fairly commonly posted. I nicked it off the internet, so, um, you know, it's not unknown. Just waiting for the green lights. Ladies crossing the road with children going to the church. I'm just uh, going to turn into Ilderton Road now. Church turnout time at the moment, dear listeners. Very colourful. African church. Ilderton Primary School. Directly opposite on the corner of Verney Road. My old man must have gone there at some point. He actually went to about 12 schools during the course of evacuation and um, bomb sites and whatnot during the course of the second one. Must have been a very disruptive period nowadays. Um, you know, you a, a child that went to 12 schools would have received special attention back then. Uh, zero special attention. We're turning on the Surrey Canal Road. Now, as the name implies, this was Surrey Canal, the Grand Surrey Canal, dear listeners. I'm going to pull into Mercury Way and tell you a little bit more about the Surrey Canal. It fed into the Surrey Docks, which was the prime reason, the catchment area for the workers that uh, served those docks for our club to come across the river from the failing area, as it was then, of uh, the Isle of Dogs, North Greenwich, as, we, as it was called, the uh, back of the Lord Nelson area around there, um, to travel across the river. But we're going to pull into uh, Mercury on the right side. Actually, that is Senegal Road to so my left, just before the railway bridge. That little stumpy driveway is called Senegal Road. You can't see it, listeners. I'm telling you where what it is and where it is. And you're going to have to look on your Google Maps or use your imagination. I'm actually driving behind the rear side of the old dent. I'm going to turn on to Mercury Way, the, the, the winged messenger of the gods, Mercury, of course. There we are, Mercury Way. And to my right, Bridge Meadows, which is the site of, this would be the halfway line, wouldn't it, falling towards um, the Alderton Road end. A very nondescript, um, apologies if, you, if anyone listening lives there, because I don't mean to slag it off particularly, it just seems such a shame for the site of our old ground, which I'm going to go down to in a moment, to be uh, unmarked. It just seems seems wrong. Anyway, back to the Grand Surrey Canal. That was on Surrey Canal Road. Um, it was opened from the docks uh, to serve the, the Surrey docks. Opened in 1807, the great period of canal building in our country prior to the construction of railways. Canals were the means by which you moved freight around the country in the Industrial Revolution. 1807, it went from the Old Kent Road to Camberwell and to Peckham in 1826. Its main purpose was to transport cargo, primarily timber, or also known as deal, and there was a deal Porter's Way and, and the Surrey uh, Quays shopping centre now, isn't there? Yeah, uh, they, the Act of Parliament allowed it to be created in 1801, so it was quite old. It was closed in the 1970s, I think it had become um, pretty much a dumping ground for any old took that people had and obviously its original purpose of moving timber um, from the docks had failed with the closure of the docks which happened in the 1970s. Uh, the Greenland dock closed in the 1970s and that was the a death knell for the Surrey Canal Road which was filled in in the end as with so many other stretches of, of the canal um, 
they were filled in and used, reused as roads. Once served all the way down from Surrey Docks all the way out to, to uh, Croydon, if you can believe that. Such was the level of um, national infrastructure, canal infrastructure, as we would call it nowadays. Now, as I said, the Millwall moved south from the uh, docks of the Isle of Dogs, moved southwards in 1910. The reason for that was that uh, the area was no longer capable of supporting a club of ambition. And I think one thing leaps out of me as I've done the various history shows with Neil Fissler and the ones I've done myself over time, is that we are a club that have never really wanted for ambition. We've always gone for it on a on a, perhaps an unusual scale for a club that's um, never really succeeded. We're, we're, we're triers, I think that's probably the best way to, to put it. I'm just coming down to the junction with Colblow Lane, the legendary, the iconic walk is going to be to my left. I'm not going to go down there today, they under the railway arch walkway that um, burned itself into my soul as a child. There was actually railway lines set in the floor here. I think that is mentioned on an old map that I've got hold of for the purposes of today's little um, jaunt, um, Coldblow Crossing. Um, this area was once, uh, well it was originally farmland, there is a, 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 a map dated in the 1820s showing Coldblow Farm, Coldblow Farm, just waiting for the uh, mini cab to get through the width barrier which seems to have defeated it. Just waiting at a width barrier, dear listeners, alongside what would once have been the entrances to the the uh, iconic football ground. Come on, mate. I'm going to pull in to where the plaque was. Past tense. It's gone. Missing. From the side of John Williams Close. I'm just going to pull in there. I'm going to take a photo of it. I'm going to harass Lewisham Council on that front because we made a lot of effort back in 2010 when I was doing the Lions Trust chairmanship back then. We went to a lot of effort to get a plaque put up there and it looks like somebody's nicked it. So I'm going to get a photograph of that and um, we might do a bit of chasing up on that, listeners. What do you think? So John Williams close. Who was John Williams? Don't know. Nothing to do with anything of uh, Millwall Football Club related, that's for sure which was the, um, the shame of it all. It all just went. Bellway Homes, uh, named, named nothing after anything to do with our club. And um, it might as well have never been here. And the creation of the plaque, which was fairly low placed, and I, I must admit when it was put up there, um, it was one of the things that kind of bothered me a little bit because it was so low that it was highly nickable. It looks like somebody has indeed nicked it. But I'm now out on the Shanks' pony. There's an old-fashioned term for you youngsters. And I'm going to walk through John Williams close past all these red brick blocks of uh, flats. Um, just walk past the uh, Lewisham bins which just spilled out onto the pavement here. Lovely. So yeah, John Williams, don't know, probably some Herbert for the um, Bellway Homes. But yeah, this was the site then of Coldblow Farm. I've got a, a map here, as long as I can see, it's quite bright sunshine. Um, so yeah, the Surrey Canal Junction there, and below that is Coldblow Farm. This is dated 18, 1874, so it was still farmland at that point. It became mar a market garden 
and amongst other sites south of the river, when uh, Mill was looking to move locations, great names and figures in our club's history like Fred Thorne, Elijah Moore and others went on scousing missions. I think one of the other alternative sites was at the back of the uh, New Cross Gate, the pub there. What's it called? It's the... Um, can't remember the name of the pub opposite New Cross Gate Station. You'll have to tell me, dear listeners. I don't know everything and I can't... That name's gone out of my head. Um, but that was one of the alternative sites for the Mill Stadium. So I'm supposed... I'm just trying to weigh up where I would have been. I've walked straight in John Williams close. This would have been on the pitch now. Very strange sense. I'm going to try and see if I can walk through to the site of the old New Cross Stadium, which overlooked the old den. I don't think I can walk through these, these bits here, but it's, it's a pleasant enough estate, but it's, uh, there's nothing Millwall-related here. So we're going to try and chase up Lewisham anyways. We haven't, we haven't pounded them for a long time, have we, listeners? High time we did. I'm roughly on the side of the halfway line terracing, place I spent many, many years. I first went, as I've said quite a few times, and I'll say it again, 1972, um, for a place that made such an impact on me. Um, it's actually quite a short span of time that, for me, it existed, really, from 72 to its final days in 1993. It was only 21 years. I've been going to the new ground for a lot longer, one way or the other. I'm walking through some bushes leading up, I think, to Bridgehouse Meadows, which was the site of the old New Cross Stadium. See what we can see up here. Well, I didn't expect that. There's a lot of people sunbathing up here. <laughs> it's a bit like um, a few years ago, we went to Berlin and walked through the main park in Berlin. And of course, out there, they've got like a, a nudist culture. I didn't expect to come across about five or six blokes stretched out in full stark mode. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, there's loads of people sunbathing up on these fields, which are called Bridgehouse Meadows, dear listeners. No trace of the old Greyhound or Speedway Stadium. Perhaps a mound over there. I don't know if that would have been one end of the of the old ground. That used to overlook the football ground. Um, this would have been roughly... I'm, I'm talking to you like you can see what I can see. I do apologise. But I'm roughly on the site once known as Jews Hill, which overlooked the ground. It was like a, a spot where you could go for free, a free view of the Coldblow Lane Stadium. So this roughly would have been where the totalisator board would, would have been, which was um, when I first started going in 72, was a main feature. You could see it beyond the terracing at the, where the Alderson Road end met the halfway line tote board um, backed onto the ground and you could see the outline of the stands and other parts of the stadium. I thought I'd just give a mention if I, if you don't mind dear listeners to Newcross Stadium which was quite a local feature. Many many Millwall fans once upon a time would have alternated their leisure activities between going to football Millwall and going to watch the the dogs or the speedway, which is a huge sport back in the 40s and 50s. Um, so I'm just looking at the Wikipedia entry for New Cross Stadium, which is, would have been on this site here where I am now. I was going to take a photograph, but there's loads of people sprawled out everywhere. It might, I might get myself into kind of um, hot water, mightn't I? You don't want that. You want, I want to keep on as my podcasting career. I'm, I'm blemished with 
you know, that kind of thing. But um, New Cross Stadium, located off of Hornshay Street, which backs onto the the newer buildings. Oh, there's like an estate at the back there. Um, was an athletic stadium originally, built in the early 1900s, but later mainly used for greyhound racing and speedway. It was immediately adjacent to the old den. Um, it was often used as a training ground. I didn't know that when they didn't have facilities of their own. Um, I'm going to guess that would be in the 1930s. Um, maybe 50s even. Um, the track was referred to as the frying pan. It was quite a small track and it was built inside the Greyhound track. They're banking the right way around. So there's a slight hill that I'm looking at across the field as I'm standing here. You've got the, uh, the, the, the chimney of the power station that overlooks our current ground off in the distance. And there's a banking. I'm going to guess that's part of the, uh, the, the banking that they're talking about here. The stadium operated for many, many years and closed in 1969. It had a capacity in its heyday of 26,000 and was eventually demolished in 1975. Um, I wanted to mention one particular name just to close this little jaunt around the former sights and sounds of the of the area. I wanted to mention a famous speedway rider. My dad mentioned this name uh, when he was when he was alive a few years ago. Uh, Tommy Farndon. Um, now the, the name of the speedway team that operated out of Newcross was called the Newcross Rangers. Quite a successful side, attracted huge crowds, huge crowds, and so on, on the 28th of August 1935, Tommy Farndon was the star rider, star rider for the Newcross Rangers, the team that operated out of Newcross, a local idol, I think, um, when you read the accounts of his uh, funeral, he crashed in a race um, and unfortunately died in the aftermath of, um, of his injuries at the local hospital. Um, he was thrown through the air and died um, and there was a huge memorial service held at this particular location of which there's now no trace whatsoever um, I'm just reading from the uh, local paper I think this is the the local um, South London press I believe the late Tom Farndon memorial service dated 19 August 1935 uh, impressive scenes. New Cross bids its last farewell to Tom Farndon yesterday, evening, uh, yesterday morning. Sorrowing crowds, composed mainly of women and girls, flocked to New Cross Stadium to take their part in a short memorial service. The coffin, draped in his speedway colours of orange and black, rested amidst a, car amidst a carpet of flowers. And the coffin uh, was, had a beautiful wreath from his young widow alongside his crash helmet. Nearby on the ground was Speedway's greatest laurel, the British Individual Trophy, a trophy held longer than any other. Um, heavy clouds parted and a watery sun peered down on the silent watchers of this impressive scene as Mrs Farndon, the widow, arrived. Um, I think that's quite touching and I don't know why. I wanted to mark that. When I read it, I wanted to mark it and I wanted to come here just to say that's what happened here. This field with locals now spread-eagled out in the sun, was once a place where people cared about, like the den behind me, I'm looking across what was the halfway line, I'm going to walk backwards now, and these were places that people came to and cared about, just like we care about our club now. Um, so I just wanted to say, rest in peace, Tom Farndon, you're not forgotten, mate. Um, I never knew you, I've read about you, and what happened, happened here. So I'm going to walk back now through the estate across what was once a place that meant as much to me as it would have done to those women and girls that idolised Tommy Farndon all those years ago back in the 30s. And I'm going to call it quits. I don't know if this will work. Do tell me 
if you enjoy the show shows like it i've got a couple of other ideas for walks locally and see if i can do something to do some justice to some of the history of the area that's my intention i'm going to walk down these steps i'm going to walk back towards what was once the entrances to Coldblow lane so thank you for listening to this dear listeners hope you enjoyed it um do do tune again later in the summertime i'll try and do some more of this if you enjoyed it do let me know what you thought until then, arrivederci, Millwall, and bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.